The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Jeannie, and Madeline's not with us today. She's um, out at a conference someplace, I think maybe in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, I think so. And um, we're going to just ask you again, if you told anybody about the radio show, we're working on increasing our listenership, and we would just like to, to spread this information to more and more people. And so be sure and just let your friends and your family know about the radio show and how easy it is to either listen live or to go on to our website at studiotimeout.com and click on the link there, and then you have access to all of the different archived radio shows. And we started the radio show, I think it was in August of last year, so we've got well over 50 of those shows that are archived, and it's just a wealth of great information. And so we hope that you share that with other people. And we are taking calls today, is that right, Lucy? Yeah, after the first break. So everybody can call in, and the number is one 472 or email us. And we heard the other day that some people are shy to call in. So if you do, you can use a fake name or just email us, and we'll answer your question live that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you use the name Bud, we'll know that you're using a different <laughs> name. So um, any name is going to actually work. And today we're on our fourth week of our series called Six Steps to Stubborn Fat Loss. And our first step that we talked about about um, four weeks ago or so was to change your mindset and change your mindset away from the calorie counting and low fat mindset and instead toward the mindset of addressing your hormone status, knowing that it's your symphony of hormones that tell your body to store or to burn fat. And it's real important to understand that hormones are a moving target. They're not static. And so you would never think, well, this whole symphony of hormones, my insulin and my cortisol and my growth hormone and testosterone and estradiol and and my leptin and all of my other hormones that once I get it set, they're all going to be just exactly right. That's really not how hormones work. They're, they're moving and some of them move with the circadian rhythm and other ones move with the time of the year. And they also move as we're aging and they, they're, they're changing. They're not static. And So you really can't think that once you've moved towards a positive direction in your health, then you're finished. And you change, the world changes. And how could your hormones stay the same 
when you newly experience stress for a long period. So say that you had a certain life that's going on and then something happens. So maybe you're putting your mother into a nursing home or your father or, um, you know, your house burns down or you move across the country Mm -hmm. somewhere else. Or you go back to school. mm Mm-hmm. Or you change jobs, something that it doesn't necessarily have to be stressful, but in certain situations, it could be very, very stressful. Like say you take a new job and it's really not what you like and it's just a super stressful environment. Plus, all of a sudden, your your last child is off to college and so you're not happy about that. What It doesn't really matter what it is, but people go through these periods when they experience a high amount of stress. And so you wouldn't expect that your hormones are going to stay the same when your life changes and now it's much more stressful than it was before. And how could your hormones stay the same when you change your habits to something like dramatically increase your exercise? They're not going to stay the same. If you change how much you exercise, that's actually going to change your hormones. And hopefully... If you're uh, listening to the radio show, you're taking positive steps to make changes in your exercise, but you might not be doing that. You might think, well, you know, I know that they say to do this and this and this, but I'm going to actually do this other thing. And it might be a type of exercise that really, really increases your stress level and pushes your hormones not in the direction that you're looking for. Or would you expect that your hormones are going to stay the same if you haven't been sleeping well for the last few months? Well, that's going to change that whole symphony of hormones. And it's important always to remember that if even one hormone changes, like say growth hormone changes because you're not sleeping deeply at night, that's going to have a ricochet effect to the other hormones and then they're going to also change. And then what (coughs) what about going through menopause? which in fact, that can start at about age 35 or so and then progresses slowly for over maybe even 20 years. So sometimes people think that menopause just happens in one year or two years and then it's just over. It starts and then it ends over a few years. That's really not what happens. The hormones in women start to change much earlier than menopause starts to happen. And then once you go into menopause, that's over a number of years itself. And so you're having, again, moving hormones over about 20 years, and it can even be longer than 20 years. And now what about aging? Aging itself causes hormone changes. And I'm bringing this up because we've talked to a number of people recently that they're very upset because they thought that they made great strides in lifestyle and nutrition changes. Like maybe they've lost excess body fat or their energy improved, but now they notice that something is different and that's not happening for them anymore. And often they get very upset as if they feel like they're kind of entitled to perfect health once they've made these necessary changes, but it's not so. It's real important to note that you have to remain humble and grateful through this entire process. And this entire process really is your whole life. So remain humble and remain grateful, knowing that ideal health is not something that's static. And any of the above examples, like the excess stress or dramatic exercise changes, changes in your sleep, aging, and menopausal status can throw off the once wonderful health that you've been experiencing, and maybe that goes right out the door for a while. You might be feeling like, oh, this weight is coming back on, 
or my energy is dropping now. I thought it was really good, but now I notice that my energy is dropping or my cravings are coming back. Or you might notice, wow, my focus and concentration is getting worse. Well, we suggest that you take those as signs and messages to you and that you have to become a detective and listen to the signs that your body gives you. Don't hold back and ignore these signs and don't make excuses. And instead, look at the signs for what they are and then move ahead. Don't waste time feeling sorry for yourself because you thought that you were done with your work. And with health and with your body, it's real important to know that you're never, ever done with that. Now, if you need a break, go ahead and take a break for sure. But then get right back up and start troubleshooting. And what worked before may not be working for you now. More often than not, people slide back into bad habits and they didn't pay attention or notice that that was happening. Lucy, have you noticed that with people? Yes, absolutely. And they sometimes they do get upset about it because they feel like they've been working so hard at their health, whether it's to lose weight or to sleep through the night. And they feel like they're just continually eating the same way and doing the same things. They can't pinpoint why these why it's all of a sudden becoming more difficult or why something else is all of a sudden popping up. Um, And that's what we talk about, exactly what Jeannie's saying, is that things in your life and in your body are constantly changing. Yes, and this issue with over-exercising continues to be one that I see here every single day at the studio with the exercise classes because we have people coming in and out of here on sometimes a daily basis. And it's so important to understand that when your body is already stressed, or your hormones have dropped out and you're not sleeping, you need to actually cut back on exercise. And that's one reason that we promote people doing the four-minute Tabata. Knowing that you don't need to exercise long, long hours and keep going and going and going. That's that old-fashioned calories mindset of, I just need to burn more and more calories. But what we're talking about here is getting the right type of exercise to the right amount of time to push your hormones in the direction that you need. And for some people, actually a lot of people, that four-minute Tabata is really going to be enough exercise. And I'm talking about people that are already dealing with a lot of stress in their lives and they feel burnt out. Or maybe you have had some tests done and find out that you actually do have adrenals that aren't working quite so well for you. Over-exercising is just going to make it worse. Yes. So knowing that you do need to exercise and you do need to move, but it's much less than you think when you're dealing with the above issues. Yes, I was just having a conversation with a woman earlier today, and we were talking about how after running around the lake or spending an hour on the treadmill, she feels really drained and almost like she has to take a nap. But after the Tabatas, she feels a lot more energized and more mentally alert. So -hmm. that is good for her to do. And how long was she doing the Tabatas for? She was for about four weeks. So even just after a short period of time, she's been noticing a difference. Well, like was she doing them for two hours or how long was she doing her Tabatas for? She was doing the four-minute ones about three times a week. So whenever she did the four-minute Tabata, she ended feeling like she got an excellent workout. Her body felt stronger. 
but and but she didn't have that fatigue that accompanied it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that whenever we present that in workshops and classes, people kind of look at me like, well, that would be for people that are out of shape, mm-hmm. just to only exercise for four minutes. But what you find is that actually the better shape you're in, the more you get out of that four-minute Tabata. And remembering that when you're you're going to go all out for those 20 seconds, it really needs to be all out for you. So um, it, it needs to feel like after you've even done two cycles, like the 20 seconds, and then rest for 10 seconds, and then you do the next 20 seconds, already you should be feeling like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? So it really does need to be high intensity for whatever level that you're at. So if you're more athletic, it needs to be super duper high intensity. Something like maybe some pull-ups and then drop to the floor and do push-up and jump up and do pull-ups, come down and do push-ups. So this isn't just for saying this is four minutes for people that just are out of shape. We're really talking about everybody. And so again, it's important that everybody does some sort of exercise and definitely move, but it really is less than you think. And and again, that's really what we're talking about with people that are dealing with excess stress. And for those people, rebuilding your body is what you would need to be focusing on. Get help with your hormones if you're going through menopause or if you've had a hysterectomy and put serious attention on reducing your stress level. And I know that that's easier said than done, but I think that it's really easy to just give it lip service and say, well, I know I'm supposed to reduce stress and then not really seriously consider it. But what I'm asking you to do is seriously consider it. And if you're thinking that, well, you know, these people need me to do this and it's important for me to volunteer and then it's important to stay after my job is done and work another four hours because I just, you know, it just should be like that and I need to drive my kids to all of the different events and all weekend sit there and watch them play hockey. And then my husband and my wife wants me to go out on Saturday night. And then I need to be this really fun person. See, all of those things I'm asking you to review and ask if that's really in your best interest. Because if your stress level is through the roof and you're not able to actually cope with your own health and with life, you're not a benefit to anybody else. And so seriously go through all of those things and start telling yourself, you know what, I guess I really don't need to be doing these things, this or this or this. And instead, I'm going to start to take care of myself and I'm going to do something for myself so that I can reduce my stress level. And it's really true that if everybody would take care of themselves and reduce your own stress level and start being responsible for yourself, you actually would be a huge benefit to not only your family, and your friends, but really to the whole world in general. And so if anybody out there is thinking, well, I just really want to be this giving person and it's really selfish to think about myself, it's actually selfish to not think about yourself. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're actually a burden to everybody else around you. So I'm just going to say it again, to really take a look at your stress level and the kind of activities that you choose to put yourself through and start seriously making changes for yourself and go in that direction. Maybe you need to put more attention on getting rest, better sleep, and maybe even naps for a while. If you need to take the naps, go for it. 
And everything that you put in your mouth should be something that adds to your health and does not deplete it even more. So people that are dealing with this excess stress, it's not going to be helpful to keep feeding yourself food or drinks that add to the stress. And the point here is that life is not static. As time moves on, your body and your hormones will respond and they change. And so rather than getting upset about it and causing even more stress, embrace that. And only then can you look at it honestly and make the next changes. And on the same note, it's a little bit of a different note here. It's, it's really not the same thing, but it kind of threads right in here. I had a conversation with someone, one of our um, favorite radio show listeners called me up and um, let me know that he's experiencing a kidney stone right now. And that, if anybody's had those, you know, that is not a fun place to be at all. And he was feeling a little bit bad about it because he has really, really worked hard on his nutrition and his health and lifestyle and has made a lot of really, really wonderful changes and has shared those also with other people in his life. And from his perspective, he was really doing so well and he was proud of the place that he had, that he had brought himself with his health. And now he's dealing with this kidney stone. And, and this is also, it's a common reaction. And we want to make sure that Everyone knows that even when you're doing so great, eating healthy foods and you're sleeping well, and even if you've made changes in your stress level and you have positive thoughts and a really good life, none of this completely protects us from these health issues. And that we can do what we can to lessen our chances, but of course, there's not ever going to be a guarantee that none of us are going to ever experience cancer or gout or leg cramps or any of these kinds of things that they're still going to be coming our way at times. And we have to realize that we're still living in this environment that's filled with toxins. And we still live these stressful lives. And we can go through and we can change our lives and make changes to our schedules. But the truth is, is that we still are living with a high amount of stress. And that stress is still going to be up there. And so we suggest that you take those experiences as part of your journey and embrace them and see where those experiences take you. And kidney stones are definitely not a fun experience for anybody. But that process of going through that experience is always educational and it's oftentimes inspirational and it leads us to our next journey. And the last two weeks, we've been talking about detoxification, intermittent fasting, and pushing of the growth hormone. And it's the Tabata exercise, the deep sleep, intermittent fasting, and the infrared sauna that all increase the growth hormone, leading us to be better fat burners and enabling us to lose that stubborn fat. And so on, when we come back, we'll be talking and moving into our next segment on the six steps to stubborn fat loss. Yes, and we'll be taking callers. So this is your chance to call in 1-866-472-5792 or email info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. We'll be back soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. 
The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy, and I'm here with Jeannie today. Let's jump into our topic for today. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about that stubborn, stubborn, stubborn fat that just doesn't want to disappear. And we have all these great tactics here. And today, let's talk about just that what we can do next is to stop eating foods that we're reacting to. And normally when we talk about this topic, about people reacting to foods, it would be things like when I eat something, I get a rash or I get um, foggy thinking or I get uh, stomach pain or what else, Lucy? Dizziness. Yep. Um, Foggy thinking. You said that one. Fatigue is a big one. Yeah. Fatigue. Any of these kinds of food reactions that people get and... um, but we're talking about it with the stubborn health, so the stubborn fat today, because also sometimes eating foods that your body doesn't react well to prevent you from losing weight or say that you've already gotten to some sort of body fat that you are enjoying that body fat percentage and then suddenly you just start gaining some weight and usually it's not going to be like 50 or 60 pounds, it will be, oh, I for some reason I gained these three pounds. Yeah. It will be around three pounds or five pounds, something like that. And and it's kind of an odd concept here. And it's we like to bring it up because it continues to bring people away from that idea about calories in and calories out. And I'll just point out that I know of some people, one person in particular, that if she just even eats a half an apple, she'll be gaining weight. And If anybody out there is a calorie expert, you know that a half an apple really doesn't have that many calories in it. And this is a person who she could eat a few avocados. So I'm not too sure what the calorie count is for avocados, but a few avocados compared to a half an apple, even a half an avocado with a half an apple, there's going to be way more calories in the avocado. But for her, she can eat as many avocados as she likes. 
and her weight doesn't go up, but she'll eat even just a half an apple and the next day her weight will go up. And then I know of another woman who she's been very successful in losing almost a hundred pounds and she's actually a, a tiny little woman. So a hundred, I mean, a hundred pounds is really a lot for anybody, but it's really a lot for a tiny person. And she's lost almost a hundred pounds. And then when the summer started, she started eating some fruit and it wasn't loads of fruit. She just have some um, cantaloupe every once in a while or some watermelon. And, you know, we really love to have those summer fruits. So, you know, and you think about them, well, that's what, what harm could that do? But she started on gaining some pounds and then was wondering what was happening to her. And I pointed out and asked her a few questions. And sure enough, she had added that fruit in her diet. And that was what was making her gain that weight. Even though we can know that fruit really is, fruit would be classified as something that would be low calorie. So obviously it wasn't the calories that were making her or this other woman gain weight. And we find that this is true for more people, the more we get to know them and work with them and talk with them. And we find that fruit happens to be a big one for people. And then nuts is also another big category of foods that seems to make people gain weight. And it will often be the category of grains as well. But it's important to know that it really could be anything. I mean, it could be coconut for you. It, it doesn't really matter. It's just everybody's got a different system happening. And so... We were talking about being a detective, and here's where you need to be a detective even more. It's not a simple thing where you just go, well, why don't I try eating an apple and see if I gain weight? It's a little bit more um, involved than that. So I think we're going to have Lucy start to take us through this process of narrowing down some of these foods that we react to. And as a side benefit, if you're only interested in stubborn fat loss, great for you. But as a side benefit, you might find that some of your other health problems, if you experience some of those, they might clear up when you take some of these other foods out of your diet. Yes, absolutely. And it's interesting, or I find it interesting that um, a while ago, a few years ago or so, um, I always thought that weight just fluctuates on a day-to-day basis. And it's okay if one day it's a half pound higher and the next day it's a pound lower and then maybe up a little. And what I found with working with clients more and more with the HCG program is some very specific meal plans where they're tracking their weight every day and writing down their their food plan very, very specifically, I found that there's a clear correlation between what people eat and what happens on the scale. So that's what made us delve deeper into this issue of if people are reacting to certain foods, they might be gaining some weight from that. Yeah, and the HCG diet is something that you can really pinpoint that because um, if you're not aware of what that is, um, it's, it's a really restrictive diet where people don't eat much at all, but they're taking this supplement of HCG. And it's very effective for people that, that actually stick with the program and stay with it. But it really, really shows up in that HCG program because people are eating such a low variety of foods and so few foods that if they eat something different in there, it really, really gets amplified and shows up. And that's where we've been able to see this really happen. Yes, absolutely. And then meeting with clients now with that newfound knowledge of mine, they comment the same way I used to think where they would say, oh yeah, my weight went up and down, whatever that is. But then that opens up 
the discussion of let's really look at your food journal now and let's maybe even do an elimination diet with you. So the elimination diet is a way for somebody to find out if they are reacting to foods. And it's a three-week diet and you would be avoiding a whole list of foods, which we'll go through, a whole list of foods that are common food sensitivities for people. And after three weeks of avoiding all of these foods, you start to add them back in. You test them back into your diet one at a time, and you see if you have a reaction to them. Yeah, and that diet, the elimination diet, it just sounds like kind of a negative thing because the word elimination, it just doesn't sound like it's going to be really all that fun. And lots of people have kind of a negative response to that, and you know, rightfully so, because you essentially you're going to be taking out your favorite foods. And most people don't really see that as something really fun or positive. But we encourage you to, uh, if, you're, if you're reaching for your dial and you're saying, oh, I'm going to turn the show off now because I'm not interested in doing something like that, we're going to encourage you to not do that and instead listen to this because the elimination diet is one of the things that have been so dramatic in changing people's health and their lives and they changes it in a way that they would have never thought would happen to them and it, it ends up to be a very 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 pleasant surprise and so the people that actually do the elimination diet end up being really really pleased about it but so many people don't even want to attempt it because it just sounds like it's going to be a bad experience and very negative but we're going to just invite you instead to really, really have an open mind with this and consider it. And if it isn't right for you today or tomorrow or next week, maybe it will be right for you at some other time in the near future. But to listen carefully and get all the details of this so that you can conduct this on your own. Yes. And we're also today going to talk about lots of meal plan ideas. So while you're on the elimination diet, you can find lots of foods that you still enjoy and you feel satisfied and full. So even though it's elimination diet, it sounds restrictive. The goal isn't to starve yourself. So you should have plenty, plenty to eat. So what kinds of foods are on this elimination diet? Well, lots of vegetables, pretty much all vegetables except for the nightshades and mushrooms. So nightshades is a classification of veggies, and they would be potatoes, tomatoes, eggplant, peppers, so bell peppers and all the spicy peppers. And then so does that you, count hot pepper that you put as a spice in things? Yes, mm-hmm, okay. like chili flakes or paprika cayenne, those would be eliminated. But you can still eat broccoli and cauliflower, asparagus, sweet potatoes, pumpkin. It's fall time, so pumpkin and squashes and leeks and onions and garlic and asparagus. So these are all vegetables you still can eat. What's that vegetable Madeline eats a lot? I always forget the name of it. Jicama? Jicama. Jicama is something that we would encourage people to try if you haven't. It's um, If you don't know what it is, it's something that's um, white and it's crunchy. It looks, yeah, and it looks like a potato with a brown peel, but then you mm-hmm. cut it open and it's watery. It's almost the texture of water chestnuts or... But not watery and mushy. No. It's watery and crisp. Yes. And it's kind of, <clears throat> kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really, it doesn't have any icky flavor. Like people that don't like vegetables, 
this would be something you'd probably like because it doesn't seem to have a strong vegetable flavor. Yeah, it's almost sweet. So that's a good one. And that's great if um, you're used to eating a lot of potatoes or a lot of grains to switch to that. So all these vegetables you get to still be eating. And then meat and fish, all good quality poultry like turkey and chicken. You can have fish like salmon or trout, lamb, goat. You know, when you bring up turkey... Mm-hmm. Turkey, um, I know it's only October, but we're moving into holiday season already. And Thanksgiving, if you're already thinking about that, you could actually be on the elimination diet and have a great Thanksgiving dinner, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much all the traditional things are on there. So maybe instead of these potatoes, those are nightshades. So you would do sweet potatoes instead. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have your turkey. And instead of stuffing, because bread is something you would be avoiding, but you could do a whole array of different vegetables mm-hmm. and, and those vegetables could be really good ones like spicy green beans oh except we can't do spice on the elimination oh, diet right. but you could use some other kinds of spices mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah some of our favorite spice mixes are the Bragg's uh, I'm organic sprinkles yes Briggs b-r-a-g-g apostrophe s and here in mini minnesota we find them in the co-ops usually the Bragg's organic sprinkles yes uh, there's yeah. this other one Bragg's um some some sort of like sea vegetables or something that could be good too but we find a lot of people don't like that just to point out if you're looking for the Bragg's things there's two different products mm-hmm. so you just want to notice which one that you're getting Yes. And Whole Foods carries one called chimichurri. That's a mix of different and it, herbs and spices and garlic. So that might have chili, chili powder in it. Oh, does it? Is that right? To double check. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. So something like spicy green beans um, and asparagus works really, really well for things like Thanksgiving dinners. I know we're not only talking about Thanksgiving, but this could just be even right now. Um, yes. Even Halloween is coming up, so that's that's coming. And sweet potatoes and the pureed soups. Mm-hmm. The vegetable pureed soups. And then you pair that with meat and fish. So the, the meat that you need to be avoiding is pork. So that would be all different kinds of pork, bacon, sausage, and shellfish, like shrimp or other shellfish. Um, so... You also, one more that you avoid are cold cuts. So really you're avoiding pork, shellfish, and then all processed meats. Anything that has added ingredients to it because you might be reacting to those. But you could have unusual ones like lamb or goat, uh, all those kind of fish. Yep, sheep, um, bison, and 100% grass-fed beef is all right. What else? Those chickens. Goat. Yes, hens. Oh, that's what I meant. Goat is Duck. good. Duck. Yeah, that's Madeline's favorite. She's not on here today, but that has some good fat included mm-hmm. with it. So and I hear crockpot calling. Yes. So that is going to be a great way to plan your meals during this elimination diet. Make a crockpot chicken or a crockpot beef roast. And then for oils that you get to have, olive oil, coconut oil, Coconut milk is still okay. We've talked on other shows about the canned coconut milk to put in your smoothies. You can continue to have that. The only one for sure you want to be avoiding is butter. Butter has dairy in it, the whey 
and you want to avoid all dairy during this elimination diet. And on previous shows, we've talked about damaged and rancid fats. You want to avoid those. So what would those be? Corn oil, soybean oil, all hydrogenated oils, um, canola oil, cottonseed, vegetable oil, and peanut oil, and sunflower and safflower oil. Now, with the butter, can't you use ghee? Yes, ghee has the whey part removed, so that would be dairy-free. You can buy that in the store, and you would find that usually right next to the other oils, next to the olive oil or sesame oil. Yeah, and if you're not sure what that is, that's I think everybody's probably noticed when you melt some butter in a saucepan, there's this white stuff that appears, and that white stuff is the whey. And so ghee would be the whey that's taken off. And you can just do that yourself. It's it's actually a tiny bit tricky to do. But if you're being really, really strict with the elimination diet, you might just want to buy that to be sure that it's done thoroughly and, and correctly. Because if you still have a little bit of whey still in there, then you could still be reacting to that. Yes. And that's a common question that comes up is, why can't I just eliminate one food at a time? Like, I'm just going to stick with my normal diet and only eliminate dairy and that's it. And really, what's going on when you're eating a food that you're sensitive to, you usually don't even realize that you're sensitive to it. Your body is so used to having that food on a continuous basis that you're probably not reacting to it either at all. Or if you are reacting to it, you just think that that's the normal state of being. Like if if you're experiencing fatigue, you just think that you're a tired boring person all the time. So what you do with the elimination diet is eliminate all the foods that might possibly be affecting you. And that allows your immune system to tone down, quiet down, and kind of reset. And once you add one food back in at a time, if you're going to react to it, that immune system flares up larger and more dramatic than usual, and then you notice if you have a reaction. So what you're talking about is, like, say that I didn't know it, but I I had this reaction to wheat and also to soy and dairy, and I just decided I'm I'm only going to, I'm going to go gluten-free, so I only take that out, but I still have this immune reaction to the dairy and the soy, so I still have the immune reaction going on. Yeah, without and knowing then, it, yep. And then when I eat the eat the gluten, I might go, oh, I don't really notice a difference. That's because I still have a big immune reaction going on from the dairy and the soy. Yes, absolutely. So it can work if you're lucky the other way, but we really recommend you go through the whole elimination diet today. So it's time for another break. When we get back, we'll continue with this list of foods and more meal ideas for you. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. 
Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. We're back on our show, and I'm Lucy along with Jeannie. And we've been talking about this elimination diet, and we were talking about how avoiding all of the possible foods that you might be reacting to is the way to really pinpoint if you have a food sensitivity. Sometimes people decide they're just going to eliminate one single food like gluten, but if they still happen to be reacting to tomatoes or or peppers, then they're still going to be having some troubles with their health. Oh, I think you're on mute, Jeannie, today. And so even, even though that we recommend people do the whole elimination diet, that's going to be ideal. Uh, we recognize, too, that there are people who just, that you're not going to do it at all. And so if that's, one, if that's how you are, then some, you can absolutely get some success going, you know what, I'm going to start by eliminating grains and gluten. And, you know, you're going to get a fair amount of success doing that. That's actually going to be very, very good for your body, just knowing that that, that those foods are really inflammatory for people's uh, intestinal linings. And so you would definitely get benefit of that. And then maybe you decide, you know, the next month I'm going to add on and I'm going to take dairy out of my diet. And then maybe another month you say, now it's going to be sugar for me. So there, there are other ways that you can do it. And the most important thing is that you choose something that you're going to do and just start in. But knowing that it's just going to be a different process when you take one food at a time like that. But um, everybody's got their own process of how it's actually going to work into your life. Such as before we were talking about stress. And if you're one of these people going around going, oh my God, my stress is just through the roof and I can't even manage my life at all. And then you say, now I need to do this whole elimination diet. That can actually push somebody over the edge with stress because it can be very, very confusing and a dramatic shift for some people. It depends on where you are with your lifestyle and your nutrition and your health. And so if that's what you're dealing with, and you say, I don't think I can handle all this and it's just too complicated, then choose one of the big things like gluten and grains. Just say that or just go, it's going to be sugar for me. I'm going to put an end to the sugar for the next couple of weeks. And that just might work better for you. 
Yes, absolutely. And people still get good results from that. So it's always different for people. So other things that you can have during this elimination diet are grains, all of the gluten-free grains, no corn, so scratch that off. But you could have quinoa, wild rice, brown rice, amaranth, millet. Those are all acceptable. Now, if you're an expert here and you've already been eliminating grains or you're ready to just delve even deeper, I recommend avoiding the grains as well, all of them, including the gluten-free ones. And what would you eat instead of grains? So sometimes people are really missing those during this time. So you could have starchy vegetables instead, like sweet potatoes or extra carrots or some green peas. And that would be if you're already eating starchy vegetables and eating grains and you want to slowly transition into less of those. Uh Um, Something else that I just love uh, is shredded vegetables. So we've talked about about cauliflower fried rice or just cauliflower rice on other shows, but you can actually rice up or kind of shred up other vegetables, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and cabbage in your food processor. And then you saute it in a pan with some coconut oil, maybe saute some onion and some garlic, and then your Himalayan salt, and then add some of those Bragg's spices. That is delicious. And so can you say, what what is it again that you shred up? Sure. So I take, let's say it's Brussels sprouts. There's four different ones that work great. Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, or cabbage. And that could be green cabbage or purple cabbage. You could do a mix of all of them or choose one. And how, how do you do it? Well, you clean the vegetables, like Brussels sprouts. You'd wash them, and then you'd cut the ends off, just like you're about to prepare to roast them. And then you put them into your food processor, so you don't have to chop anything up. You just throw them into the food processor, blend it up until it, it gets all shredded or almost the size of grains of rice. And speaking of the food processor, just so people know, you can get really, you don't need one of the great big food processors for this. If you don't already have a food processor, you can get a relatively small one, not the tiny ones that are about one cup, a little bit bigger than that. Maybe it's about a quart size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe about $25. So we're not talking about a large expense for a food processor. And that food processor is going to be also great for chopping up nuts as well at times. And so we do recommend people actually get one of those. And seriously, people are really surprised that they're only about $25. But, um, you know, maybe 30, maybe less than 20. I mean, they're around that. The other food processors that are going to be bigger and more heavy duty, um, they're going to be in the hundreds of dollars. So that that's different if you're thinking of those. But just these small ones really, really work wonders for the nuts and for just chopping smaller amounts of vegetables up. But Lucy, it sounds like that's a great way to get also to get these cruciferous vegetables in. It is, yeah, especially if you're tired of eating these big, huge vegetables, like a whole big florette of broccoli, or you just don't really like broccoli all that much, just shred it up in the food processor, and it really transforms the vegetable into a whole new flavor and texture. And Uh it tastes starchy in your mouth. It feels starchy and grainy, so if you're missing rice or other or bread or any kind of gluten, then that's going to be a good alternative. 
And then you would use coconut oil in the pan. Is that right? Yes. Especially during the elimination diet, or you could use your ghee and you could add some fresh onion and fresh garlic if you wanted. You don't have to. And then for protein, you'd add your crock pot chicken. Oh, could we go back to those vegetables? So you just only cook those in oil or do you steam them first and then do the, you just put them in the pan with the oil. Yes. And they cook really quickly. So what what about sesame oil? Is that allowed on here or not? Not on the elimination diet. Okay. But that could be in the future. Now, if you really, really like the flavor of olive oil, don't cook the vegetables in olive oil. That's going to be too high of a temperature for that type of oil. But you could drizzle it right at the end when the vegetables are cooked. Drizzle them with a little bit more olive oil. Um, And then... And I like to have that for breakfast, actually, because it's warm and flavorful and not too too flavorful and too savory for breakfast time. But when you're on your elimination diet, you might be wondering, well, I'm not eating toast. I'm not eating cereal. I can't have the dairy or the eggs. Eggs is to be avoided as well. So what do I have? So this could be an idea for breakfast time or any other time of day. Um, and then you add the protein to it. So any kind of protein that you want, you could you could cook it fresh. But to make it easier for yourself, make one of those crockpot roasts of beef or bison or lamb. Or maybe you grill up some salmon and you have that ready for the whole week. You know, let's talk about the crockpot because I've been speaking with people that don't like to do the crockpot because they say that it smells bad in their house. And I know exactly what they're talking about. So if you put a beef roast in or a chicken, and if you don't put any sort of spices on it, maybe some people appreciate that smell. I know I don't like it. I think it Mm -hmm. smells kind of stinky. And so if that's what's been happening to you, you would want to put some spices like those organic sprinkles on there. Um, rosemary or um, some basil, possibly Italian seasoning. And then as the roast or the chicken is cooking in there, that fills your your home or wherever this is with a great aroma of the spices. And it's not that stinky smell of the meat cooking. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, I've been finding out more and more people don't do crock pots just for that simple reason. It's, it's really easy to not have that happen. And then the other thing about crock pots is don't get ones that have a nonstick surface. That's going to just add a bunch of chemicals to your food. So you don't want that nonstick surface in there. And also don't add too much water in there. So you don't want to cover up the roast with water. That's going to be way too much water. It's just going to be a small amount, such as a half a cup or maybe a cup of water in the roast. It shouldn't be sitting in there in lots and lots and lots of liquid um, bubbling away like that. And crockpots, we've been finding out more and more from talking to so many people that they're a little bit different. Some people actually get a little bit of browning on the meat in the crockpot and other people don't. And there must be something that we haven't figured out yet that um, makes that happen for different crockpots. But I noticed for mine, if I leave it in long enough, it does actually become kind of brown as opposed to if you have a chicken and then it never browns and it's kind of like this rubbery, icky white skin which really ultimately doesn't matter if you're going to be using that skin to make 
make your bone broth. So it kind of doesn't matter if it browns, but just know that there's some differences with the crock pots and to not get a nonstick one. Yes. And one other thing I've heard from people is that the the chicken from the crock pots doesn't taste as good as roasted chicken in the oven. And if you make your chicken and then use it in a recipe like this with the shredded Brussels sprouts, it tastes a lot better because you put that cooked chicken, you already cooked the crock pot chicken, and then you take some off and you you add the already cooked chicken to the vegetables as they're cooking. And that adds a lot of flavor to the chicken and it fries it a little bit. It's going to touch that oil and touch the spices and it's going to fry up and become a little more flavorful, crispy and moist. I'm kind of surprised people say that about the chicken versus a roasted chicken. I'm really mm-hmm. surprised. I'd like to talk to those people a little bit more because um, I I guess I don't agree with that at all. And if you make a crock pot chicken, if you just take some of the meat out and just start eating it, yes, it's going to be bland, but you really have to use some Himalayan salt on there and it could only be salt, but you have to use a fair amount knowing that if you're used to eating restaurant chicken or you have those, get those rotisserie chickens, those are actually soaked in salt solution. So you might just be thinking that that's a more flavorful chicken when all it is is that there's more salt on there. And if you're using Himalayan salt, that's going to be very, very beneficial for your health, but you have to put enough of that on there. And so I'm suspecting that people aren't actually seasoning up their meat. You have to, usually just taking the meat out of the crock pot and eating it isn't going to be enough flavor for people. Mm -hmm. So get your seasonings out and get the Himalayan salt and you actually need to use that. Yes, absolutely. So that might have been what was going on with these people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of other recipe ideas on our blog. You can go to studiotimeout.com backslash blog. And most all of those are are going to fit perfectly fine with this elimination diet. The only thing for the most part is the butter. So you just switch that out for ghee or in some cases coconut oil, depending on the recipe. Um, But let's continue with our list of foods that to avoid or that you can eat. So allowed foods would be beans like lentils or split peas or black beans or kidney beans. So those are fine. No soybeans. So make sure that you're looking at ingredients as well and avoiding all soy. Edamame, those ones that you get fresh or frozen, you're going to avoid those and avoid Other sources of soy, tofu, tempeh, soy milk, soy sauces, soy oil, soybean oil. So read those ingredients and avoid that. Fruits are okay if you're still doing fruits. The only ones to avoid would be citrus fruits and strawberries. Lemons are okay though. So lemon water might be really nice while you're doing this elimination diet. And then a few other foods to avoid, eggs yolks and whites, all the dairy, cow, goat, sheep, all the dairy, cheese, milk, everything. Um, Nuts and seeds, all nuts and seeds are to be avoided. Corn, I mentioned that one. So that would include corn oil, which is found in a lot of restaurant food. 
And then if you're taking it further, you're avoiding alcohol, energy drinks, soda, and all sweeteners except for stevia. Stevia doesn't seem to bother people as much as these other ones do. And if you already know of a certain food that bothers you, definitely avoid that during this period of time as well. So today we got through all of the foods to avoid. So you would be doing this for three weeks and we're at the end of our show So next week, we'll talk more about what to do when you're adding foods back in. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. My name is Lucy, and along with Jeannie, and that's our show. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead.